What's up, everybody? Um, it's me, Mikey, and welcome to the very first installment of the Turn the Mic On podcast. I cannot stress this enough. Um, it's about damn time. No shade to anyone but myself. Um, for those that are in my close friends on Instagram, you guys know this has been a brainchild of mine. If you listen to the podcast trailer, you would know that as well. So if you haven't, pause this and go listen to it so you know what to expect. Um, but nonetheless, um, this was originally supposed to drop December 2nd. I'm also a grad student and finals happened. And because of that, it did not happen, but we back. I got a little downtime and this year I'm holding myself a lot more accountable. So we're here and we're starting and we've gotten things together and let's get started. So um, if you're listening to this, this is just dropped on January 27th, 2020. Shout out to that. Happy Monday. Um, mic on Mondays is what we're going to go with. So turn your mic on and turn your ears on and get ready to listen. So for those that know, the format starts out with a quote of the day. So our quote of the day was originally uh, when I first drafted this, it was going to be K. Michelle's, you know, get the fuck off my porch, bitch. Like, because I thought it was so funny. And I think many of you would have thought it was funny. But based on this episode, I found something a little bit more appropriate, a little bit more professional. So um, it is. Have patience with all things, but first of all, with yourself. Uh, from St. Francis de Sales, um, the, if you didn't know, this episode is called Adulting is Ghetto. And I think one of the most virtuous and important things we need is patience because Lord knows this is a struggle. Jesus, right for me. Right for me, y'all. It's, it's a struggle. It's genuinely a struggle. Um, adulting after undergrad, adulting on your own, not staying with your parents, paying bills, all of that, ghetto. I ain't asked for none of this. And ask for a thing. But somehow we're here. So nonetheless, I have that quote because I implore you and I encourage you to develop patience with yourself. 22 and 23, if you had all your stuff together, I would assume you were white. No lie, no BS. Uh, and probably privileged of some sort and some nepotism was involved in your life. But for those of you that don't have it together, that's completely normal for everyone, you know? Uh, we're 22, we're basically fetuses. Like, you know how much life there is left? Like, and everybody wants to be married and like work in their dream job and all this stuff. And you have like minimal experience of living on your own. Like most of you, your only experience of living on your own, like on your own is right now. And it hasn't even been a full year. Most of you have lived with roommates in college or you stayed on campus and technically that's not living on your own. So unless some of you have had harder lives, if not, I commend you because I haven't. This is new to me. I'm shook to my core and I'm struggling. But nonetheless, we are here. We're prospering and we're getting what? Patience. So, you know, pray over that quote and I pray that it sticks with you. Uh, so, yeah. So the next segment segment is what you need to know. So this, if you listen to the trailer, plugging that once again, please listen to it so I don't have to explain everything. But what you need to know, what is going on in the world? So I got three things I really want to, you know, discuss with y'all in terms of like what's going on. And I feel like everybody should know or at least be up to date on. So the first and foremost, Roddy Rich's album. Please excuse me for being antisocial now. If you have not listened to this album, one, why? Why are you waiting? Why? Why? This man, this artist, artiste, he is, uh, 
He's a, I loved it. I love it. I was very apprehensive to listening to it because I was not familiar with him prior to. Um, now I'm looking back. Uh, I didn't even know he was on some of the songs he was on. I didn't know who he was. But, you know, I'm trying to be a music connoisseur and, like, listen to new music. And I listened to this album. And honestly, y'all, I, personally, I was hooked in um, in the first three songs. Um, so the box, Start With Me and Perfect Time, because I don't include intro. But I picked those three songs, like, or I, that's what drug me in, I guess. It was the transitions between those songs more than anything. Like, I think it truly takes a lyrical genius as well as an amazing producer and team to really have your songs flow so well. And I think that's what did it for me. Like, the first, like, two or three times I listened to this album, though, I listened to those three songs in repeat because the transitions were everything I needed and more. Um, (laughs) And then... You know, the box is like the number one. I know Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber were trying to get it taken or whatever they were trying to do. But I mean, I think the proof is in the pudding. The song is good. You've seen it in TikToks. You've seen it in videos. I'm sure you follow him on social media, but the song is good. The album is good. Don't just stick with the box. I mean, honestly, my top songs on the album are the box. Uh, Start With Me, Perfect Time, which is the amazing transition combo. Love High Fashion. And I really love Boom Boom Room. So, yeah, look into those. If you haven't listened to the album, start with those five and go from there. But Roddy Rich, amazing. Highly recommend. You ain't got to trust me. I mean, who am I, right? Uh, but I love it. <laughs> so on to the next thing. Um, so it wouldn't be me if I didn't drop some knowledge on y'all. So Donald Trump's impeachment has started. And, you know, just little facts for woke Twitter and Hotep Twitter <laughs> and people that think they know everything because unlike y'all, I read um, articles and books, not Google. <laughs> and the first three links that pop up, I read. I try to make informed decisions and I try to speak facts, not my implications and stuff. So more or less, the article um, I'm getting this from is from the Wall Street Journal by Andrew Durhan. Blah, blah. And it basically is talking about, you know, the Democrats in the beginning of the second day of the impeachment. So I'm not going to, you know, divulge in that because it's kind of boring, but I just wanted to let y'all know, like, it's a good article and it kind of breaks down the steps of the impeachment trial. So you kind of know what to expect. So I think right now uh, it's about like the Senate. So excuse me, I'm being an idiot. But basically the steps are, you know, the Senate adopts trial rules. House managers present evidence and all that. Then Trump's lawyers will present his defense. Uh and then there's a question and answer period and then the full Senate will take a vote and it just needs a simple majority to pass. So listening to this and knowing the Senate breakdown, we, you know, the Republicans have the Senate. So it's 53 Republicans and 47 Democrats. So off that, it doesn't seem like he's going to be fully, you know, impeached and like taken out of office because technically he's been impeached. He's been convicted of the crime. Uh, but nonetheless, be informed so you know what's going on and you're not just asking stupid questions and trying to say, he didn't even go leave office. You don't know. But based off the facts, we're outnumbered or whatever. So just I try to be a source of information for you ignorant people. <laughs> so there's that. But nonetheless, I think it's important for us to know it's like the one of the few impeachments we've ever experienced, especially with uh, that in office. So. Read up, but that's that. And then the final thing I think y'all should talk about, or y'all should know. Um, so I saw it on the shade room this morning. I've seen it on Twitter. It's that hairstylist that um, 
She been like going on live or whatever, and people have been dragging her about her hair. Now I don't know too much about hair. I don't got the best hair, four C king right here. But the problematic patty of hair, um, it's a lot. Y'all go to the shade rooms page. Um, if you look at her hair, from what I've seen and what I've heard, uh, you know apparently her hair is severely heat damaged. Apparently she does not flat iron her roots, her roots, um, and she damages other people's hair. So I think for all the beautiful women that are into their hair. Don't do that. Just don't do that. And don't go to her. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but I think y'all should look into those three topics. You know, don't for, definitely don't forget to like scream. Please excuse me for being antisocial. But that's all you need to know for right now. And we will find other things to talk about next week. <laughs> okay. All right, y'all. So now it's time to get into the topic the topic, topic, the topic, which, like I said, adulting is ghetto, my child, my child, my friend, all that. Adulting is so ghetto, y'all. Like, I cannot stress this enough. Like, I just can't. So I broke this down in three things. We're going to talk about why it's ghetto. Now, what is ghetto about it? And then how? How in the world will I survive? How will we survive through this? Because Lord knows. I don't know how Jackie did it. Jackie is my mother. Um, I don't know how she did it. I do not know. But she did it. She did the damn thing. And we are striving. We are aspiring. Aspirants of being successful adults. Um, also, I have a good amount of questions that I think can actually steer this conversation and topic in a great direction. So I'm actually going to try to... I'm not going to speed through it because once again... I'm not trying to make this too long, but I got some really good questions and we're going to kind of use those to like go through it. So why is it ghetto? So me personally, I feel like adulting is ghetto is because I was not prepared at all. I feel like working a job, you know, as a child, I started off at Cold Stone on the stone. I was, you know, singing for tips and all that. Like I did that. Then I went to Bush Gardens, but the money I had was like, it was in my pockets longer. Like it wasn't like I was working to survive. I was working for extra cash because I was young. Like I was 16, 18, you know? Um, so I don't think I was truly prepared. I don't think, I mean, everybody says nobody can prepare you for adulting, but I don't think I was prepared for this. I don't, I don't think I was prepared. I, I also think it came too fast. Cause it's like, you know, like I, everybody keeps saying like, 2019 felt like two different years because the first half I was finishing up my degree at Hampton and it's like after that you know niggas was working like people was working full-time jobs like they were slaving and making posts like they hated their job and it's like it's only been a month what's going on um I'm confused but like I think it genuinely like came too fast like the transition wasn't enough for some of us. I mean, granted, I had a three-month grace period because I worked all summer um, and then I went to grad school, but like some people jumped right into it. And even with my break, I still don't feel like I was prepared. I still feel like it came too damn fast. I like shook, I'm shaking, like literally shaking as I go through it. I also think I personally was pressed. I was way too pressed to be an adult. You know, I'm 22, I'm grown. I got a degree, I'm grown, I get a job, I can do anything I want. I ain't that grown. Like, I think a lot of us would go back and rescind that message because who wants to be like, I think a lot of us wanted to 
have the freedom of coming in whenever we wanted, having money at our disposal, like being able to buy clothes and go on trips and, you know, go to the club and drink and do all these, I guess, pros of being an adult. But honestly, we really did not assess the cons. Like if I was back and, you know, if I could redo something, I wouldn't change a thing about my life. But if I would reconsider it, <laughs> I mean, I still do everything the same, but like, more strategically thinking about it, like, I genuinely would just, I don't know, like, I don't know, just really think about it or, like, be more observant to what my mother talked about and the things, you know, she went through and the things that she would always, you know, tell me about, like, in terms of, oh, my God, like, you have no idea, like, you know, bills ain't no joke. Oh, I got to do X, Y, Z. Like, her saying, like, I don't have the money for this, I completely understand that statement now. Before, I'm like, what you mean? You work a full-time job, you got a salary, you ain't got $20 for this, you ain't got $40 for this shirt, you ain't got money for this, da 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 But, like, I understand because literally adulting, you can have the money in your account, but you don't have the money because that bill has to be paid or you got to buy groceries or you got to buy food or, you know, being in grad school, you got to buy this textbook or you have to pay for X, Y, Z or living in New York, you have to put money on your metro card if you don't have an unlimited one, which I will slowly get on that bandwagon. Uh, but, you know, it's just different things that I realize in adulting, you may have the money, but you don't have the money because you're anticipating anything that could happen. And then don't talk about it. Like how many of us have like actual savings accounts, like not a savings account for traveling, but a savings, like a safety net savings account. Cause I don't, I don't at all. And it's a, it's a shame, but you know, we getting there. Like I said, I'm drowning, but I will get there. And also real, um, adulting is beating my ass. Uh, she is beating me up. She's dragged me by my scalp. She is kicking me in the eye. And her best friend grad school is also jumping me. Like I'm being jumped by adulting in grad school and I, I can't fight back. Nobody is helping me. I'm on the ground at this point. I'm being kicked in the stomach. I think grad school just spit on me. Like to be honest, that is it. Like adulting is ghetto because it's ghetto and I don't know what to do at this point. However, let's go into the specifics of Le Ghetto, okay? First and foremost, paying bills is ghetto. I feel like, I mean, obviously, you know, it's nothing we can do about it. If you want certain things in life, you gotta pay, but that's like ridiculous. Like, why do I need to pay for somewhere to live? Like housing should be a necessity. Like, you know, like back in the day in the Bible days, like, you know, they didn't pay for housing. Like the earth was their house, I guess, you know? Like, why do we have to pay to live? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, like I have to pay for, excuse me, you got to pay for housing. You have to pay for transportation. If you have a car, you got to pay car. Why, why do you have to pay for things that are necessities for life? I'm confused. Can someone please answer Like, why? I think that stems from, like, being in a capitalistic or a very capitalist society. Like, living should not cost money. I can see, like, the extra things in life, like, oh, I want to go to Bush Gardens, or I want to go to the club, and yeah, that's not necessary, but the necessities in life cost money, and I'm just genuinely confused. I'm just genuinely confused as to why. If I need this, why do I need, why do I have to pay for it? That don't make sense. Something, something about that don't sit right in my spirit and my soul, and I don't know. 
Um, then grocery grocery shopping. Do you know how expensive some things are? Like a loaf of bread, a, a gallon. Well, I don't drink milk, but like because I don't drink milk, I'll drink like or I don't drink dairy. Um, coconut milk, soy milk, oat milk, uh, almond milk. Do you know how expensive that is? Do you know how expensive like uh, you know case of tissue, laundry detergent? Do you know how expensive all that is? Like especially being in New York. And having to carry the groceries back to my house. Like, literally, I cannot go grocery shopping in one thing. Like, I have to go from store one, go back to my house and put it up. Because I'm walking. Like, it's just... Grocery shopping in itself, it needs to be another episode. Because I could go in about prices and inflation. And why I have to pay $5 for this when back home it was like 2 or $3. I don't understand. And it's not even like it's the best of the best. Like, I'm trying to pick the cheapest option. And it's still expensive. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, I am not trying to go for the one that the YouTubers talk about because YouTubers are, they, I can't stand them because they be trying to get you to buy the most expensive stuff in the world. And I'm like, do you even genuinely use this? I'm sure the great value version is better. Uh, but that's me. That is me. Um, for me, trying to balance, you know, being responsible and having fun. Ugh, Jesus, like, it's like I step outside, especially when I first got to New York. And, like, I could just blow $200. Like, how do I balance, like, what I need to buy and to have fun? Because who doesn't want to have fun? Like, but I feel like we have this misconception of having fun or, like, the type of fun we're having. Like, I think a lot of that has to do with social media and just not necessarily not being your own person, but assuming that because your friends are doing this that you got to experience it, too. Which not saying you don't, but you don't have to experience it all at the same time. Like... I just, uh, I fell into that trap a lot, going to $60 brunches that I needed to be cooking at my house and not spending $60 on brunch. I, I would be at brunch, y'all, like, I lied to you now. I'd be at brunch, and I'm, like, why is my bill the most expensive? Like, I got, yeah, I got the bottomless mimosas, but so did everybody else. But I, all, all I got was a side of, like, you know, uh, what's it called, home fries, and my bill is the most expensive. Like, how'd that work? But you know what? I'm finding balance by being broke, okay? I'm finding balance by staying in the house, okay? There's no time for fun in the cold, okay? Um, so specifically, uh, this one's a little bit more ex exclusive to those of us in grad school, but grad school, the ghetto. I mean, I am very appreciative for the opportunity, very grateful for the situation I'm in, but my God, the stress that comes with this on top of balancing being an adult or adulting, like I feel like, Trying to adjust to grad school, trying to adjust to being an adult and living on my own, and trying to adjust to living in New York are three things that should not be happening at the same time. Yet, for some reason, I did that last semester and I was stressed. Like, my skin was breaking out because I was so stressed. But it was the ghetto. I don't think... I mean, obviously, I didn't choose to stress myself out, but, like, I didn't know how to handle it. And that's why adulting is ghetto, because it always catches you off guard. Everything about adulting catches you off guard, and you don't know how to deal with it until you, until you're alone and you have to deal with it. Like, it's so ridiculous. Like, I, I like to not. There are so many things, like, um... I don't know. I just feel like I didn't really realize like some of the mental health issues I would go into being in adult and being alone. Um, but you don't really realize it and have to deal with the demons that are like really surrounding you until you have no one but yourself. Like I'd be sitting in my apartment like, why do I feel like this? What in the world? But I feel like that's also part of adulting and also makes it very ghetto because I don't want to deal with this. 
<laughs> I'm just saying, like, uh, I think another very ghetto aspect of it is trying to date as an adult. And I mean date, like, I don't feel like people date. And this is a whole nother episode, too, we can go into. I don't feel like people date. I feel like, like, to me, dating is like going doing stuff with somebody. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be, like, boyfriend, girlfriend, or talking, or side piece, main piece type situation. But, like, just, like, experiencing stuff with people that you're interested in. I feel like a lot of people don't even want to invest getting to know people and wasting money um, unless they're in a relationship or unless they have sex with that person. And I'm just like, I mean, I can't, I like to date. I like Broadway musicals. I like to eat. I like. I like to, you know, I like to tour. I like to walk and talk and go to the park. Like, I don't see anything wrong with that. And I feel like it's less and less common nowadays. And I just feel like you got to, for a lot of people, you got to have sex first before you can even get the stuff that you used to have to do in order to get to sex. It's like the roles have reversed. Like, sex was the goal. And then, and you would do all these things to make people want to have sex. You're like, oh, let's go to the movies. Let's do this, that, and the third. Now, it's like people have sex first so they can get the luxury of being taken on a date. And that is ghetto in itself. And I commend you all who are willing to lower your standards to do that. But I will take myself my, I will take myself out on a date before I, um, you know, do all that just to spend time with somebody. Yeah, no, it's not for me. It's ghetto. Um, entering the workforce, Jesus, uh, Jesus, my God, my God, my God. Um, I think in general, especially post undergrad, it's like so hard because it's very rare that you jump into the career that you want. Like for me specifically, I'm in the communications, advertising, public relations industry. And even though I'm getting a master's, I. The starting salaries are not where I want them to be. I don't think it's what I deserve, but hey, that's life. And I think that's where the patience from that quote I said earlier really got to come in because your come up is coming, but I don't know when. I don't know how long you got to be broke or like paycheck to paycheck. I don't know. That's different for everybody else, but it's just a lot. And uh, I don't know. Like I haven't reached that step yet, but I'm sure I'll talk about it and have some people up here that have gone there so we can understand how it is. Uh, but I don't know. And I know it's hard because I see it in that ghetto. <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm being like redundant with that ghetto stuff, but that's the thing. All of this is ghetto. We shouldn't have to go through this. You know, that is not what I was sold about adulting. OK, like it's ridiculous. Um, I think the last two things of like what is ghetto um, kind of all go hand in hand so it's like societal pressures self-expectations and dealing with friends and family i genuinely think all of these like you have societal pressures such as you know you need to be working what's a typical job but nowadays it's like everybody doesn't want to work a typical nine to five they want to do entrepreneurial ventures and start their own businesses which i think is great i love black business um however comma that's a lot of grunt work that i'm not willing to do uh, so there's that, the pressures of do I work a regular job and find my dream job or do I make my dream job? That's just so much. And then you have your own self-expectations. I know for me, I'm a hard worker. I'm a Capricorn. And my expectations for myself are so high and I do not meet them at all. Like so many people are like, oh my God, I feel like you're walking your purpose. And that was one of my biggest things moving to New York. I was so nervous that my success and everybody else's everybody else's definition of success were not going to align. Like I was so like, you know, everybody that goes to New York that I followed, you know, was going to brunch every weekend. They were going to happy hours, turning up. I mean, I did some of that, but I wasn't doing it every weekend. Your boy was in the house. 
trying to figure out this financial situation. It's just like my self-expectations are a lot higher and I really have to humble myself and realize I do not make six figures living in New York. And that's just what it is. And I, that's where my expectations are at. Uh, and as far as dealing with friends and family, like friends and family have expectations of you. Uh, they want you to do certain things. They're expecting certain things of you. But I'm telling y'all, you got to put yourself first because that's ghetto uh, putting anybody else before you. It, it should be God and yourself. Like, that's your top priorities. Like, I just don't understand how some people can expect so much from friends and they're not even putting in the same effort. It's just a lot. And that's what, like I tell you, a lot of this stuff that I said is ghetto about adulting is very broad. And each of these could be an individual episode. And trust me, they will be. So stay tuned. Um, the final aspect of this we're going to talk about is like, how are we adapting or how to adapt? And what do I suggest in far as, as far as adapting? Um, first and foremost, prayer. I'm a big advocate of prayer. I ain't forcing religion on nobody. Pray to whatever. Pray for the tree. Pray to the tree. The universe. Pray to God. Pray. Do what. Do what brings you peace. Meditate. But get some type. Get something that, or do something that's going to, you know, calm you down and help you, or bring you clarity. That's what I can. That's what I can say. Um, Self reflect and assess. Because I think a lot of people just kind of keep forcing things to happen in adulting, and then they end up digging a deeper hole for themselves versus sitting back and reflecting, okay, so my credit card is maxed out, so I don't have no money or I don't have funds to dip into. Let me go take out a personal loan so I can have extra money. Uh, no, that's like the worst thing to do because you're ruining your credit. How about my credit card is maxed out? Okay, let me work, take a step back from going out and try to pay my credit card down so I have that extra funds. You know, and assess like a lot of people don't adjust. They just kind of keep going with the win instead of like seeing their current situation. And, and that's why people are in these situations. Um, once again, I said patience um, and learning what works for you. What, this is so important and something I just learned. <laughs> what works for you and what works for Billy and Jane and Daquan and Lakeisha is not gonna work for you. What works for me is what works for me, period. And it changes all the time. What works for you in on Monday is not gonna is not gonna be what works for you on Friday. What works for you in the winter is not what's gonna work for you in the summer. Like what worked for you in undergrad is not what's gonna work for you in the workforce or in grad school. Like you're you're constantly changing. So to expect the same routine to always be working is like idiotic to be honest I mean but we all have to learn right that's why I think the self-reflecting and assessing part is good because when you're in tune with yourself and what your current situation is you can like adjust to work that out you know and really you know put yourself ahead if you're kind of cognizant of that but you know some of us like to run blindly so I ain't even gonna you know drop it to that so three main points for adapting praying slash meditating or whatever you do to bring yourself clarity, but get some of that clarity. Um, Self-reflect and assess and then learn what works for you. I mean, I don't know if it's going to help you win the fight against adulting, but um, it's a start. And, you know, I don't know what else to tell you, but <laughs> that that's that. OK. All right. And the final portion of the podcast is our question and answer portion just let you guys know my email for questions that you may have depending on the topic or you just send them in uh, i may 
I picked these questions because they are most related to the topic, but whatever questions are submitted are the questions that will be asked and answered. But the email is ttmopodcast at gmail.com. Um, also, you can DM the questions at ttmopodcast on Twitter and Instagram. So do that. But the first question goes, um, why is it so hard for us to compare our journey to someone else's? Um, I feel like that is uh, due to social media, mostly. Um, I think if we were in a space or in a place where we could just exist and not really necessarily see what someone else is doing all the time, we wouldn't be too pressed about what someone else is doing. Like, I just feel like social media is like a time passer so a lot of the times we're just looking at people's stories or we're on twitter and a lot of people like to share their highlight reels nobody's ever showing when or i won't say nobody's ever but like people aren't typically showing when they've gotten fired or when people are struggling with their mental health on grad school or and stuff like that people are always showing when they got a promotion the schools they got accepted into the clothes they bought the trips they go on so like it's just innate to do when that's all you see i think the best remedy for that, though, is getting off the social media and being present. That's something I'm definitely practicing. Um, you don't really get to enjoy your present moment if you're always looking towards something else. So it, it's hard because we allow it to be hard. If you disconnect from that stuff, it's it's kind of hard to pay attention to something that's not in your face. So like, it's easier when you don't see it all the time. So do what you need to do and stop looking at it. Period. Just stop looking at it. Like. You can't envy somebody if you don't know what they got. So why keep paying attention to other people instead of focusing on what you got and what you want? Because at the time, we want to do things that we don't even know if we like. We just doing it because we saw someone else do it. And like, why follow the hype? The Joneses ain't all that. All right. So our second question says, are we really are we really running out of time in our early 20s? I mean, time is a man-made concept. That's what my mom always tells me, like, like. I, I don't know what running out of time is. I don't know what it means because I don't know how much time I have. So how do I know if it's running out? You know, you don't really know when you're going to die until you die. Um, so I that question, like, I get it sometimes because it's a lot of pressure to do and achieve so much in so little time. But, like, for me, I just graduated undergrad. I just got my degree in May 2019, and I'm in grad school at an Ivy League institution. I think I have done a lot for only being on this earth for 23 years. Um, I've, you know, I'm very proud of my accomplishments. I don't think I've ran out of time. I think that's a perspective thing. And I think it kind of ties in with the first question. You feel like you're running out of time because you see other people doing things you wish you could do. And if you don't know what other people are doing, you can't say that what you haven't done is enough. So there's that. Um, so what are some ways to make your day-to-day work-life thrive? Um... I don't know. Honestly, I haven't started working a full-time job yet. I start my internship next week, though. So um, I might have to circle back to that one because, honestly, I, I the only thing I can think of is developing a routine that works for you. Um, I'm someone that thrives off routines, so waking up at the same time, going to bed at the same time, you know, kind of like muscle memory type stuff. Like, it keeps me, it, it's a sense of structure and order, and I like that. Um, so I would say, you know, if your thing is your morning commute, you listen to the same podcast or a podcast or you go to a Starbucks to get coffee and, you know, to enjoy that in the Starbucks before you head into work, like something like that, you know, it 
you know, you can kind of get a schedule for yourself or something like that. I don't know, though. So four, (laughs) how do I still go to work and get shit done when I'm sad? I don't know, because when I'm sad, I just typically lay there. I think um, it's more so endurance, um, but it's also about taking time for yourself when you're sad. Like, there's no way. I mean, you obviously still have to go to work because sadness don't pay the bills. Tears are not direct deposits, uh, you know, (laughs) but I think it's about balancing it because you can't. I, I wouldn't say force. If you're clearly like very sad about something, take the time to grieve. Like, why are you forcing yourself to, you know, doing this? You can't do your best work when you're not focused anyway. So focus on what's happening at hand and then deal with what's left to do when you need to do it. I mean, obviously you can't call out of work because you're sad. Uh, Well, depending on the situation, you might be able to. I'm not sure how that works. I don't know how y'all jobs work. But, uh, yeah, that's just my logic. It's all about balance and dealing with everything at hand. All right, so number five, uh, how am I supposed to go to school, pay rent, pay loans, and still be a bad bitch on the scene? Well, if you was a bad bitch on the scene, you're always going to be a bad bitch on the scene. I don't, you know, but I mean, I guess this question more so focuses on balance, like how you do it all and still be on the scene. I think, first of all, you need to establish which scene you want to be on. Um, to me, my scene is not necessarily a section in the club. It's it, that that's a dope scene sometimes, but I've learned that I don't like going to clubs. Uh I don't know. It just depends on your scene. And it's bad bitch is so subjective and the scene is so subjective. Like, to me, a bad bitch on the scene is somebody that's handling their shit, like, uh, that's able to take trip. Perfect example. Perfect example is someone I was recently talking to, Asia Malaya, Asia Ware. She works for Team Vogue. She's a fellow Hampton alum. I think she's a bad bitch on the scene. I think she is doing the damn thing. But that's who I look up to. She's somebody I look up to. I can't tell you what a bad bitch on the scene is for you. Um, But I can tell you, you can do it once you define those things and you research and you find out what works for you and you meet the metrics you set for yourself. Because every bad bitch is different, but that doesn't make them less of a bad bitch. Remember that. Um, How am I supposed to work a job and meal prep? Girl, I don't know, because meal prepping is the devil. That takes so much time. Nobody told me how much time, money, energy, emotion, cooking takes. And then I don't know about y'all, but I get tired of eating the same thing after a while. It just, it, it don't, it start pissing me off because I'm like, well, and then what if it don't taste too good and you got to eat that the rest of the week? That is a lot. Um, but when I did do it, I did it on Sundays. I, you, I mean, I think cooking is fun. I'm getting more into it, especially because it helps you save money. Um, I think you should dedicate a day. So my meal prep days, uh, used to be Sundays. So I would grocery shop the weekend, you know, make your know, Friday, Saturday, payday typically. And then, you know, Sundays, depending on what you have to do, because Sunday is my mental prep day. So I would take like from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. if I'm not going to a brunch, if I didn't go to church and just cook. Give yourself like a good three, four hour window, put on some good music, put on a TV show, put on a podcast and just start cooking. Um, and just do that, and that way you've kind of set yourself up for the weekend, and after that you can go into, like, washing clothes, getting things in order for the work week, and I guess that works. I, I like that answer. How do you make new friends as an adult? Um, 
I am a social person. And for anybody that knows me, they all know I'm social. Y'all know I love to talk. You know, I love to go out when I want to. But, you know, I love to do that. But I just, I feel like I... This is definitely something I struggle with moving to New York. Um, If I didn't know people prior to, I probably, I won't say I wouldn't have an issue making new friends, but I don't know. I just learn, like, I, okay, I'm dragging this out. (laughs) So basically, I have my friends that I have for life. Like, when I graduated uh, from Hampton, there are about, like, a handful of people I won't even say a handful. There's like, I have have my people. Like, you know, I have my people and I know they're my people for life. So I wasn't really too pressed to make new friends because when I first got to New York, I was on FaceTime with somebody almost every day in my room. Like, especially after class, I just be talking about my days and because they're my friends for life. And I wasn't really interested in making new friends because I knew my friends would always be there. I'm always telling my people, like, you know you can come to New York, you got somewhere to stay, like, stuff like that. So I guess that was my logic. I'm not going to say it's easy making friends because there are some people, like, I've met that I don't necessarily like. I'm actually there are a lot of people I don't like in New York. I think New York showed me that I don't like people, to be honest, or at least I don't like people that aren't my friends. Like, it, I, didn't, I didn't realize, like how anti-people I was until I got here because now like I interact with some people I'm just like yeah that person's not for me like and I'm and I'm okay with it I think making new friends is all about knowing yourself and knowing the type of people you like I think it does get lonely but it's only lonely if you know because if you make it lonely because if you're alone you're lonely but I don't know I just I don't I'm trying not to be a superficial and like say something like cliche, but genuinely um, making new friends is up to you and the type of person you are. I feel like I have my friends for life. I'm open to making new people or making new friends, but I'm not pressed to. I realize my people that I have in my life know me, they know how I am, and they accept me for who I am. Making new friends, you have to deal with breaking down walls and having people understand your perspective so people can get used to you because I am a little rough around the edges and everybody can't deal with me and I deal with people in doses. So there's that. Like I can go weeks without talking to somebody and then all of a sudden hit them up. Like, I don't know. I just, my people know me and that's how I am. So I have not mastered making new friends as an adult. Like I know people, but these are people I already knew before I came to New York. So that's mostly the people I be around because they already know how to deal with me. So that's my tea. Uh, if you want to make friends, deal with people that already know how to deal with you, and they can eventually put you on to people. I think that's a good one. Okay, that's the advice. Sorry, this was so drawn out. But start hanging out with people you know or kind of know already that kind of are used to you, and they can kind of put you in contact with different people because they know you. And I would hope they would introduce you to someone you like and not someone that's going to get on your nerves. But then again, people don't really know how people are until you see their true colors. So that's a catch-22. I don't know what to tell y'all. Um, last two questions. Um, how am I supposed to work this job I hate and is not in my career field yet still have time to be a creative and hone my craft? Um, I think it takes discipline. It takes desire or want. It takes, uh, late nights. It takes Faith, it takes a lot of faith and hope and energy and not giving up in resilience because sometimes our craft and our dreams are not going to happen unless we have funds. 
And a lot of times we have to work these jobs we don't necessarily like, we don't necessarily want to go to, but it, we need it in order to fund our dreams. And I think that's why I feel some type of way about the whole entrepreneurial venture uh, culture that our generation is doing. Because everybody wants to make their passion and stuff a hobby and all this, which I'm so here for. But at the same time, it's like you knock people for working. And I feel like a lot of us don't have the resources to work, to like not just drop our job and do it and run and jump into making a podcast and becoming an artist. Like a lot of people that are successful, it, it has taken them years to get there. And a lot of and a lot of them had to do some stuff they didn't want to do. So I genuinely think you have to do stuff like that to fund it, because when it is your time and I cannot stress this enough, your craft is going to take you where you need to be. My mother's always said, and I believe this is in the Bible. I haven't found a scripture, though. Your gifts will make room for you. Just because it's not making room for you right now, that means it's not your time. You And you never know what the lessons are inside, you know, being in this present space of like, you know, working a job you don't like, but pursuing your craft. It, it is teaching you discipline. It's teaching you how to grind. It is making you appreciative of when your passion project becomes your career. You're appreciative because you worked at a job you hated for so long to get to this point. So it's really a lesson and you just have to learn it. You have to learn that I may hate this job. It's not my career, but my dream is on the way. And if I keep pushing forward and if I keep doing what I'm supposed to do, and I keep having the faith and I keep praying and I keep believing it's going to happen. It's very hard to hold on to that, especially when it's been years. But I truly believe the time, timing is everything. So just don't give up and try to find a job that you don't hate as much. Because I think there are plenty of corporate jobs or like jobs you can work that you don't really hate. Get a job at a store or a brand that you like so you can get a discount because that makes it a lot easier to deal with versus just working a job that you actually hate or you know working trying something new because that job could honestly become something you love and you I would love for you to love doing something that could also fund your passion project you got to mix it up don't just stay stagnant you know you're never going to be happy you have to create your own happiness and just dealing with the cards you're dealt is never going to uh, give you the happiness you want in life you have to take it and the final question is, how do you find balance between having fun, enjoying your 20s, so traveling, going out, music festivals, and preparing your finances for the future? I feel like I touched on this earlier with another question, but I will say that um, I, I just, I don't know, to be honest. Uh, finding balance between having fun and enjoying your 20s, I think that's subjective. I mean... You have to know what you want to do. So, like, in my opinion, if you want to travel, and trips cost money. Plane to depend on how you're going there costs money. The stay costs money. The outfits, because, you know, we got to have a new outfit for everything. It all costs money. So I feel like you're going to have to neglect going out and eating out and doing all that in order to accomplish it. I think it's just finding something to focus on and then doing it because none of us at this day and age have the money, time, or resources to do all these things at once. We would drive ourselves crazy. Um, I think you have to pick one to focus on. So if I wanted to travel, I'm going to focus on saving, probably having two savings accounts, having my emergency. Now, I, I'm not doing this right now because I'm slacking. I told you adulting is ghetto. But in a perfect world, if I did these things, or if I could, or if I, I probably should do this, I'd probably open a separate checking account and kind of just throw money away 
why I look at on Pinterest for, excuse me, different ways to save money while also having my emergency fund because that way you're planning towards something and when you plan for you plan towards something you're more focused versus just I want to go to Aruba but I'm gonna go to the club I'm gonna pay for this $200 section for the club or I'm gonna go to brunch every weekend or I'm gonna go out Thursday through Sunday like that money you're spending going out could be funding that trip and also funding your life and your savings so it's all about picking something to focus on. I'm not saying you can't do all, but I don't have the money to do all. And I doubt any of us also have the money to do all those things. So it's really hard to balance and prepare your finances for the future. Also, Jackie Ina was doing a chit chat, get ready with me. And I remember her saying this about saving because everybody's always like, you know, you need to save and put X amount away and all that stuff. It's very easy to do that when you have the income. If you don't have money, if you are living paycheck to paycheck, you literally cannot save. You cannot save 20% of your check when all of your check has to go to bills and surviving. And you shouldn't be expected to. I think we have to come to terms with our current situation and focus on getting out of that situation. So like for me, I've been following a lot of financial diet pages and budgeting and I follow Dave Ramsey's. And I one of the biggest things he's always said is, you know, you know, your debt is what's taking away your money. So like, you know, if your your phone bill, like my phone bill is about to drop to like $80 because my lease is almost up. I'm almost done paying off my new phone. And I'm not probably, I'm probably not going to get a new phone because I have the iPhone XS Max. I don't need a new phone. Like I don't need a new phone to like the iPhone 13 because like my phone is perfectly fine. It's literally perfectly fine and has a good camera quality. So my phone bill will be like $80. That's really good for a phone bill. Um, paying off my when you pay off your credit card debt, all that money you would spend towards build bills can go to your savings. It can go to food. It can go to clothes. Like getting your bills out of the way and making sure you don't owe too much leaves more money in your pockets. And that is my goal. But that's my tidbit. That's my tidbit. That is the question and answer portion. And it's actually the end of our podcast, to be honest. So let's end this, okay? So more or less, thank you for tuning in to the first episode. The very first episode. Lord, it's been a long time. God be Jesus. But nonetheless, the question and answer portion will not be this long all the time. But it's the first episode. You know, wanted to give you some insight and all that. Remember, if you want to ask me any questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram at TTMO podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Be sure to follow as well. Or you can send me an email at TTMO podcast at gmail.com. That's TTMO P-O-D-C-A-S-T at ampersand gmail.com. All right. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this first episode. I hope you guys come back and kick it with me. I'm trying to upload these episodes every Monday. Michael on Mondays, hashtag Michael on Mondays if you're listening, y'all. And you know, kick it with me. Let me know what you think. Feel free to hit me up, uh, follow me, and let's get it cracking. I'm so excited. I'm happy to have finally done this, y'all. So um, I love you. Thank you for your support. And I will see you next week. 